Welcome to Nothing Is OB Golf Podcast, episode 16. Yes, I know it's been almost a year, but I have a really good friend of mine here. His name's Jeff Keeker. Jeff, why don't you say hi to everybody? How's it going? All right. Now, Jeff is going to come in today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Valero Open that what just occurred. We're going to talk about Masters favorites, sleepers. Uh, and we're just really going to find out a little bit more about Jeff because all I know really about Jeff is that he's a... Uh, Gino's butt buddy. That's all about I know. And that uh, Jeff got me into a really good league. It's called Nola Ase. And uh, I lost a good amount of money to some guys a couple weeks ago. And so that's really my motivation right now is I do not want to lose any more money. All right, Jeff, let's go ahead and start. Uh, why don't you tell me just a little bit about yourself? Well, I've lived in San Antonio for almost eight years. Well, at least Texas, really. Um, grew up in Chicago. And uh, didn't really get into golf big time until I got down here because up there you can only golf for six months out of the year. <laughs> so once I got down here, I just let loose and was able to golf all the time and really got into it. So what would you say is your favorite course here in town? In town? I got to play TPC where the where the pros just played, so I like that one a lot. Um, right, so you're going to be uppity, right? So that's what you're saying. It's like you only like the big <laughs> the big pro courses. No, no. I prefer when uh, the Alamo courses were 15 bucks to walk. That was... So you, the, walk, you walk 18? Mm-hmm. I like to do it. Ah, dude. And I mostly had to do it when I got here because I was too poor. <laughs> Well, see, a lot of people will say in, in the industry, what I've really talked to a lot is that free golf is a no-no. But you know what? That's like my favorite golf yeah. is free golf. I mean, you can't beat that. Oh, no, you can't. And, you know, um, from a previous podcast, I talked about how, uh, you know, our buddy Gino used to work at Dominion, got us on mm-hmm. free all the time. He just said, hey, tip the cart guy and you're good. You know, those are some of my my favorite moments. I was lucky enough to get one of those rounds. It was it was a lot of fun out well, there. Well, see, we got a lot of rounds. Like he, he always said, bring a 12-pack, and hey, it was perfect, you know? Sure, it was like freaking 100-degree heat, but... Hey, free is free. Free golf is free golf. All right, so who got you into the game of golf? I'm Probably my dad, but he wasn't that into golf. We just went out one day, we were golfing. I don't know. I did all the sports when I was a kid, so eventually... I, men- I know you on. mentioned you covered volleyball. You covered volleyball college, one time yeah. for the school, for the school well, journal no, or school paper or what? No, I was in college. I was a journalism major, so I was the beat writer for the volleyball team and the baseball team, so I did a bunch of articles <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw you. I, I remember the other day you were throwing out your knowledge of, of the spikes and kills when Gina was talking about passing and bumping and, mm-hmm. and, sometimes and you, hitting. Yeah, you got to correct Gino sometimes. <laughs> oh, constantly. You really got to bring him down to size, mm-hmm. all right, because no one, no one really does. No. All right, so um, best memory from golf? Well, this one's pretty easy. I think it was two years ago. Uh, the Alamo City Golf Trail does a big, they have like the two seasons, like a spring and a summer season. Well, their summer, or the spring season ends with a two-day tournament at Brack on Saturday, Sunday. But Friday, there's a skins game, and they turn the whole front nine into all par threes. Oh, that's uh, sweet. So do they move the tee boxes mm-hmm. up or what? Just... He moves them all over. And I'll put them like in the middle of the fairway or behind a tree or on the side of a bunker. So the fifth hole was playing 105 no yards. No way. And I canned a sand wedge oh. for a hole in one. Did you really? Yeah. And I won all the skins. You, you won all the skins? Yeah, 750 bucks. So I guess that's why all the guys know you in the league, right? Yeah. So they know you as that was that the was that like the start of you taking constantly taking their money or what? Well, no, that was before Noleyase. That was with the Alamo City Golf Trail. But then that's I knew some of those guys from Noleyase, and yeah. like, then they brought me over after that. They're like, hey, you want to come out with us? I was like, yeah, yeah, a lot of guys talk about the tour, the tour, the tour, and I guess you know what I've always wanted to do it, but I just uh, you know what there's there's some real corny guys from Alamo City Golf Trail. Like that guy Travis, 
I can't stand him. Like, everyone's always name-dropping him or, oh, Travis, this. You know, I don't like that he constantly pops his collar. I, I just, you know, that's just, that just it pisses me off. I can see him rubbing people the wrong way, but once you get to know him, he's cool. I've been doing those tournaments for, like, six years, so yeah. I've gotten to know him. Is he but, a cool guy? Yeah, he's, he's cool. He's, yeah, I had that impression for a little bit with the, with the collar, but once you start to talk to him, he's cool. Oh, even man. if even if he is a Packers and a Brewers fan, but oh, no, I don't. I I don't like him even more now that you said that. <laughs> Nobody likes the Fudge Packers. No, they don't. No, see, I said that to one of the kids that I or I didn't say that. One of the kids goes, "Coach, do you know why they're called the Packers?" And in my mind, I wanted to say the Fudge Packers, right? I wanted <laughs> to say that, and I was like, "Because uh, the meat packing, you know, district." Oh, you do know, and I'm like. Oh, thank God that's what came out of my mouth as opposed to saying, oh, they're just a bunch of fudge packers. <laughs> Parents calling in. Oh, dude, yeah, that, that could have been real bad. <laughs> All right, um, what's a course that you have not gotten onto here in town that you've heard some things about? I heard, well, I heard one of the La Quintera courses is really good. I heard one's really tough and one's really good. I think they're both, I think they're both pretty tough. I can see why Valero or the Texas Open kind of went away from those courses because there's too many blind shots. Like, there's so many blind drives. And I'm not the straightest driver, but I know when I hit a drive down the down the center of the fairway, I, I want to see it still there, right. you know? So if I'm rolling off, uh, you know, about 250, 260, I said this course is probably just, you know, it's too it's too short or there's too many blind shots, there's too many wooded areas just for me. You know, I'm sure the pros are probably feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd have to say they're both their, the resort course and uh, their other course are really nice. And uh, luckily enough, some of the tournaments I played in, uh, it's pretty sweet. And it's always kept in pristine shape. And But they have this one, he's a starter. I can't remember his name right now, but I even took a picture. I think his name is Dave, the starter. Uh, he's real stuck up. He's real conceited. He like he rubs you the wrong way. Like he, you almost just want to like not play there because of like how much shit he talks before. You know what not to do on the course. You know, oh, you don't want to try to flop it on here. Oh, you don't want to have your lob wedge. And so, uh, like everyone was just like, dude, who the fuck is this guy? You know, but uh, it, very tough courses. I'll be on uh, the lookout for Dave. Yeah, yeah, he, he looks like Santa. <laughs> All right. Um, so, especially playing in Nola Asa, these guys are always looking for action. I mean, like some sort of gambling action, game man action, some, some real gamesmanship, you know, going on. Uh, that's why last time Russ, Jerry, and the Mexican Tiger Woods art, man, they took my money. And, and I made a comment. I said, hey, I hope I have enough money to pay y'all. And somebody, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Art. Art goes real serious. Well, you know, there's an ATM nearby, and I'm just straight fit. Okay, I was just kind of trying to see where the feel was at. Like, hey, can I get you next time? You know, like, and I was like, oh shit. Usually they'll let it roll over. Okay, Art's a new guy too, so maybe he. Uh... Yeah, you know, what? I'm constantly giving him a hard time, constantly, constantly, because he dresses like Tiger Woods every time, every time. I saw him at the WGC, and you know what? He was dressed like red Tiger. Polo. Yeah, yeah, red polo, uh, black pants, Tiger Woods. He has everything Tiger Woods, but not Tiger Woods now. He has all the Tiger Woods old, the old stuff, you know, the old stuff. All right. Uh, now in the league, there's constant gambling going on. Uh, do you like to gamble on the course? Oh, absolutely. Like the first few years down here, I just love to get out and play every weekend. 
And then I finally got a taste of playing for money, and it's like I can't go back to just playing for nothing on the line. Right, you kind of feel like a little empty, like you're yeah, just kind of like, like yeah. oh, it's like you know, it's just you're missing something, yeah. right? Like you missed a fairway in the first hole, like, well, this is stupid. Let's get out of here. <laughs> well, I made the mistake of like we we teed off, and uh, and I know you know the guys that that I played with, and uh, we didn't put anything on the line, right? And so I said, hey guys, are we gonna? Put a little action on the board, or are we gonna do something? Oh yeah, let's do it. And it's after the first hole. Well, I I lost the first hole really bad, but they kept the first hole into play. And I was like, this hold on, the holes. Yeah, we, oh, like we started on two. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, you know what? And I got no dots. We played. I guess it's called three, two, one, or one, two, three, whatever, right? Uh, you know, three dots for I guess it's closest to yeah, 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 for the greens on par threes. Uh, two dots for birdies. Uh, one dot for par better up to win the hole, you know, mm-hmm. and I got zero dots. You know, normally, normally, and and they played roll carryovers, mm-hmm. you know. So normally you could get at least one, hey, win maybe a a couple holes here and there, and you know at least you, it keeps you like even. You know what I mean? Like it keep you even along the way. And uh, I had about four good holes, and every time somebody covered it, you know. Yeah, you can have tough days out there, but it can go the other way too. So, what's your favorite game uh, that you like to play out there? I mean, our overall skins game is pretty cool. Everyone buys in, and it's handicapped, so it's fair. But, like, individual in the group, we play a game called Snakes. Oh, dude. So t- tell me about Snakes. Because I heard it one way, and I said, I don't like it. And then, you know, I've heard it from some other people another way. So what's your version of Snakes? So the way we do it is every time a three-putt is made, you kind of you just make a tally. And then whoever had made the last one that's who would pay out. But what you do is you add up every three putt from the entire round. So let's say, because uh, what I heard was, I guess they did a, a $5 snake. So what that means is however many three putts, like in the total round out of the whole group, you add them up, right? Mm-hmm. And the last guy to three putt has to pay each of his cart or guys in his group times that amount. Just no, just five bucks each. Yeah, just five or whatever, bucks. Yeah, yeah. To, to each guy, yeah. And so like sometimes we'll split it into nines, like, you pay the front nine, pay the back. But usually when we go to 18, that guy, 16, 17, 18, get pretty scary with the three putts because you're probably looking at a $36 to $40 putt if you three putt. So is it just total or per person? Well, you pay. So if it's a foursome, you would pay the other three guys nine bucks each. Oh, okay. That's not bad. So, But sometimes we have fivesomes. Yeah. And those, oh, those yeah. So, so that adds up. Yeah. And you know what? For the most part, people... People that know me and that play with me a lot, they call me Andy Putts, and it's not because I make a lot of putts. That, that game will either clean you out or make you a better putter. Yeah, that's why I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lay up short so I can at least chip onto the green, you know, chip close, and hey, that's that's a chip. It's, it's not a putt. I don't know if you met Doug, but we make fun of him for doing that. He, there's nothing fi- wrong with that. 15th hole in the end, he doesn't come near hitting the green. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. That's his game. All right. Favorite club in your back? Um, and why? Probably my... I like my sand wedges, 52, 56. I just, because I, once I started hitting the ball far, I had a lot more wedges into the green, so I had to learn how to hit that 40 to 80 range. And once I finally figured it out, I was like, well, now I can start making more birdies, and it makes a lot more fun. I don't have that problem. So I, I normally, I'm normally, you know, uh, seven iron and down. You know, like if I'm hitting an eight or a nine, I'm extremely happy. My uh, three wood's up there, too. I can, I can hit my three wood pretty good. See, I just changed my three wood, and you know what? Like when I hit it, I got it from Ben at the consignment shop. You know, and it hit awesome there. I took it to a tournament the next day. It hit it awesome that next day. I don't know what happened. It, 
I have not hit it well, but um, I'm not giving up on it. Uh, he said it was a good club, and I did have some success, so I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Uh, favorite tour player? Favorite PGA tour player? Um, favorite like tour player to watch, like talent-wise, is Rory. I saw him here that one year at the Valero, and it was just insane watching his ball flight. Like It looked like the ball had topspin, but it just kept going up and forever. It was just crazy to see. So he's probably the most impressive I've seen that in person, the one I like to watch the most. But I don't know. I'm kind of more like I like a guy like Charlie Hoffman. or oh, Hey, man, California. Kind of, he's, kind of he's, middle he's, of the road guys, but yeah, they he, get by. You know what? He seems like a really cool dude. Uh, I've been around there covering the Valero. I've been there on the practice greens, and I, he's talking a lot of shit to a lot of guys. And you know what? Uh, he doesn't look like your prototypical golfer, no. and I think that's why I kind of like him. Yeah. You know, he wears the green glove because he's sponsored by Waste, waste Management, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I, I like that about him. And you know what? Uh, I think for the for the tournament, and I guess the Zurich Classic, they came out to California Love, I think. In which mm-hmm. I thought it was, it was pretty, you know, hey, this Tupac, you know. Yeah, you a little know, risky for him. Yeah, yeah, for him, you know, but yeah. uh, he's got the long hair, you know, he's got the party in, yeah, the, the, party in the back. Hair. Yeah, you yeah. know, and so uh, I like his game. I think a lot of people, he, he looks super huge on TV. He does. But when you see him up close, I mean, he, yeah. he's still he's still tall. He's a tall guy. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, but he's not as, as bulky as you would you see. I guess the camera really does add 15 yeah, pounds. For him, definitely. You know, that's, well, why, I'm, that's we, why I'm glad I just do podcasts, you know. <laughs> We saw him the other day at the Valero, and it's just like, oh yeah, he's not that big, but right, he's, you know. got, he's got a really good swing, just smooth, yeah, sweet, compact, smooth swing. All right, now I don't think you're big on outfits, but I have to ask, what is your? I, I like to say tiger, tiger outfit, or what's your Sunday out, outfit? Uh, right now, it's been a, a Travis Matthew polo with some oh with man, some boring black shorts. <laughs> yeah. Pretty snobby, lot, yeah. pretty snobby, man. I don't have a whole lot going on in the fashion right now. I don't, I don't have enough money to coordinate my shoes to each outfit yet, so I don't even. At that point, I don't even bother. That's all I live for is coordinating my shoe game to my golf game. Because you know what? If my golf game's not there, at least people can say, "Hey, at least he looked pretty good." You know? Right. That's the other part. Of it. Well, I had these really these gray uh, Adidas I really liked. And they got like so wet and smelly. I just had to throw them away. Like that wasn't coming out from like. Hey man, they have a rain. two. They have a two year. Two year. What is it? Waterproof. Oh, it, was, it was way past two years. <laughs> All right, favorite golf movie. Um, probably still Happy Gilmore. It still makes me laugh. Well, I interviewed. I had a little interview with Tony. I asked him a couple questions after, and he said that was his favorite movie too. Tony Finau. Yeah, Tony Finau. You know it, and and the crowd got super pumped up when they heard when they heard him say that. <laughs> Uh, who who would you say out of all these golf movies is probably like the best villain? Oh, Shooter's definitely up there. Uh, you know, Shooter. Hey, he said he, he's a proto. I think I think he's kind of like the prototypical like like golf scumbag. You know, oh, yeah. like he just you know he's a little bit snotty, conceited, stuck up. You know, he's got the mm-hmm. you know, uh, he's a pretty good villain. I uh, you know it. Uh, just so his buddy yelling at Happy from the gallery too. <laughs> He was a good golfer. Oh, player. yeah. Jackass. Yeah. Hey, but he liked Red Lobster, and that's, that's what I liked about him. All right, doing a, doing a little bit of review of the Valero Open. Now, the thing is, I always, I always say my week at the Valero Open is we're just, I'm trying to constantly prove people wrong, because uh, I'm sure you watch the Golf Channel, and uh, you listen to Four Play Podcast, and you know what? How much play did they really even give the Valero Open? Nothing. They just probably meant, like, just yeah. mention it, I mean, right? All this happened. Yeah, just mention it, right? They just briefly mention it. And a lot of people don't give us the pub, and I think that that the Valero Open deserves because it's 
it seems like it's a really good time. I mean, yes, we do live here, and you know it. Uh, for me, it's like kind of like my World Series of Poker. It's probably one of the best times of the year, and I think somebody had told me earlier in the week that I'm really glad that our tournament's not intertwined or the schedule's not messed up with Fiesta. Because Fiesta, like the city get goes on like, yeah, shut shuts down. down. It yeah. shuts down, and everyone's partying, everyone's feeling good. Nobody goes anywhere outside of Nyosa, Oyster Bake. And but um, I think the Valero, it's, it's a good party, man. It's just a good time, and I think we treat the golfers right over here. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely grown since I got here. Like the 16th hole didn't used to have all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was just the hole. Like, it was pretty like much one, the hole. Yeah, there was like one one there. One, ta one tower. Yeah, so that's definitely grown right. I think it I think it gets screwed by the schedule really. Well, I, I think what they were hoping for is that several years several years back, I say about four or five years ago. Uh, having it a week before the Masters, Phil came here, yeah. Rory came here, Poulter came here, Sergio came here. I mean, the biggest names because a lot of them like to play the week before the Masters to tighten up that game and some even to qualify. And so uh, that was really awesome. I think that's what they were they were hoping for this year. They were hoping, but now they have the condensed schedule because everything's done by August. Yeah. So that, yeah, like the so majors and everything are over. Boom, boom, boom. So yeah, it just kind of got screwed again on the schedule. I really think it has a lot to do with the WGC. I think yeah. as soon as they brought that tournament to Austin, it screwed San Antonio. Like everyone, hey, they'll go to Austin because it's a little bit uppity, you know, but they won't come down to good yeah, old San Antonio. No. And Tiger won't. No. Even, I mean, the people of Austin too, they kind of, they, yeah, they thumb their noses. I lived up there for a little bit, so I know what they're like well i'm glad you know because you know i, I don't want to say anything mean because i'm still hoping to speak with a couple of people there yeah, in austin and so um now we now we have uh cory connors was the winner uh, at minus 20 uh, a couple of big names right here finishing second uh we had charlie hoffman your boy at minus 18 ricky fowler minus 10 furick at minus eight and uh cooch at minus 12 and another texas boy speed at minus seven now i was listening to a lot of these podcasts a good majority of people are picking speed to win the Masters. Yeah, they're still sticking with the. Uh, well, he keeps he does it every year, so he's <laughs> got to do it again. Like I don't know, I'm I'm kind of off the wagon with him. I, I don't know if did you have a chance to see him at the tournament? We watched a little bit. That's who we wanted to see, and it was just the first few holes. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, no, I was just watching him too, and it just seems like just something is just a little off with him. I think, uh, you know, he's he's always been a big baby. You know, he's always crying if putt yeah. doesn't go in. He stares at his caddy, you know, and he's always kind of looking at him like. Oh. How did it not go in? Mm -hmm. You know, and now it's kind of getting a little bit more annoying. You know, you're noticing it more, you know, because those putts aren't going in. And I think he just put himself in a lot of bad position this week. And he's spraying it off the tee. Like, it just seems like it's all in his head. I don't know, man, you know. But it seems like once those guys, they, they put a ring on their finger, you know, like, hey, the, ha the personal life might be good. But, you know, then you know what happens? Your golf yeah. game is suffering. Take you know? the pedal off the metal and... <sighs> It's something, man. You know what? Um, it's like Rory. I think Rory, uh, you know, he's in a good place right now, you know, personal-wise, personal life-wise. And uh, that's why he's kind of got like a happy-go-lucky attitude. And it drives a lot of analysts like nuts. Mm -hmm. Like they can't stand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been talking about that a lot lately. Uh, you know what? Hey, man, if I were him, good for him. You know what I mean? I really wouldn't get married. I wouldn't get married if I was those guys. Chance. You know, I'd get married if I was like maybe like Darren Clark's age or Marco Mera's age yeah. when they're like sixty yeah, why not, not, on the yeah. on the Champions Tour. Yeah. That that's when I'm gonna get married. That's when I'm gonna get married. All right. So tell me your favorite hole at TPC San Antonio. Well, when we played it, it was definitely number five. That's the short part for we weren't as far back as they were, but I drove it and birdied it. So that was a fun one. Well, it has it here. It has it here in the man. It has it here in the little uh, 
Valero Open uh, spectator guide, it says 342. What do you think it was playing at when you played it? Uh, probably between 280 and 290. Oh, dude, it was really short for you. No, it wasn't. But so you got on and you and you eagled it? No, just I've two putted for birdie. Oh, you two putted for birdie. Okay, have you ever had an eagle? Yeah, I've had a bunch. I had that hole in one. Um, but I've just made a bunch. I don't know if that counts. Does that count? Did you get your picture on the board? Did you get your name in the paper? I don't. That's when it counts. I think I did. did I think you? I could come up with that. You had to. You have to play nine holes in order for it to be considered like. Oh, there's nine. Ah, oh, damn. So you've had. So you have had a hole in one. Mm -hmm. Outside of that one, did you have? Have you had another hole in one? No, I've. Uh, I've made a bunch of eagles on par fives down here, like number, number ten at Willow. I've got a couple times. Number 12 at Brack. And there's another part. Oh, I drove a par four. This is course in Burnet. Yeah. I forgot what it's called. That was actually a really cool course. Uh, the name, I can't come up with the name right now, but like the 17th hole was a drivable par four. I hit one to Damn. like Damn. Okay, feet. so what do you average drive-wise? What do you average? On a good day, I can hit, like not in, in that, I can't carry a ball like 290, 300, but. I, you, on you a good a, day, I can, can carry get, a 270, you, 280. You can get some out. roll. You can get yeah. some roll. All right. I just, I've just been looking. I've been very happy. I've been averaging, I'd say, about 232 from my previous like six rounds. I got this awesome shot scope V2, and it tells you all your stats. And so I've been averaging, you know, I've been averaging about 232. And for me, that's good because normally I've been in like the 215s and 220s for my drive. But then I'm noticing, I'm noticing when. On certain holes, I'm really getting some good pop. I'm getting some good carry, and I kind of want to keep going that. So I just think, I think I need my, my hip flexibility. Freaking sucks. I was talking to a Pilates instructor today, and I said, "Look, I want to work with you. I need to get some more hip flexibility." And she just told me to do this right here. She told me to put across my legs and see how far my knee goes, and look how high my knee is up. Like she says, that's how much mobility you really have in your flexibility in your hips and i was like she go, she just did this she just pushed down and i felt it all in my head and i said that hurts she goes yeah you're not flexible and i'm like damn it mm. somebody had told me that one time i played in a little skins game at cedar at cedar creek and this guy said man if you could use your hips you would hit the ball a lot farther and i'm like I don't know how to use my yeah, hips i gotta figure out how to loosen them up yeah and so i asked her i said hey i want to work with you and she goes we could do this what times are you available? And I said, well, I really want to know what times you're available. And she told me the time she's available. And I said, well, you know what? You might be a Pilates instructor, but you're not very flexible with your times. You know? <laughs> hey, you're not flexible. And so we're going to try to get something because I got two weeks to get ready for this big tournament in Vegas. And so I got to get ready, man. Yeah. I have to get ready. Start stretching out and uh, we'll teach you how to hit a draw. It'll get you 20 more yards. Will, will it really? Oh, yeah. Because you know what? I accidentally hit draws, and that's when I really do that's carry the ball. Go. Yeah. And they run. Oh, dude. All right. So tell me, what do you think are some things that uh, they need to improve on in the Valero Open to get, I guess, more respect in the golf community? I think it's more about placement on the schedule. And I guess just, you know, San Antonio needs to grow a little more, get a little more recognition. I know for a while, remember the players like hated this course? Yeah, they, they, they couldn't stand they, it. Yeah, they couldn't stand it because it is tough. It, it is tough. Statistically, it's one of the tougher venues out of their for like whole, a regular yeah. event. And you know what I mean? These guys, I guess they want like a hey, they want like a minus twenty to win. Yeah, I mean, that, that's they what they got. got it, yeah. Well, we were talking about it. We were talking about it off air. Uh, Corey Connors, he qualified. He qualified at the at the Club of Santera. Now I am nowhere near a pro, uh, but I played Santera several years back. I played it actually this summer. Um, 
it wasn't in the best shape, but some of the members are telling me that they're putting more money into it and they're constantly, it's getting better. Well, I played it, I'd say, I have to say about three years ago. I played this one hole. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it might be hole 13 uh, or 8. I'm not too sure. But it had uh, nine bunkers on it. it. And off the drive, off the tee, I landed in one fairway bunker. I hit out of it, landed in another fairway bunker. And then I hit, excuse me, I hit into, I was trying to get to the green. Well, I ended up getting in the bunker in front of it and then hitting out to the bunker behind the green. So you know what? Like I was really ready to just like give up and quit the game of golf. Spend more time in the beach than David Hasselhoff? <laughs> Hassel, David Hasselcock, you know, it was something like that. Like it was just, you know what? I'm from Corpus, but I don't like that sand. I do not like that sand. And the game, it almost broke me. But luckily enough, whenever I'm there, I just hit, now I just hit a hybrid. You know, I stay away from the bunkers. And you know what? I, I'll just walk off. I'm happy walking off with like bogey. Like double, I'll even take double bogey. Like it's just, as long as I stay out of the bunkers. All right. So um, now back to the Valero. Now, I, I really, really enjoy it. I think the people are very, hospi uh, very hospitable. I think the volunteers, there's so many people that volunteer out there. That's one thing I noticed from the WGC. They, they had a, a good amount, but they didn't have as many as Valero, and I guess it's probably because it's open to more golfers, I would say. Maybe, maybe that's why. But um, I always think they do a good job of hosting. Uh, you know, it just, I just really think a lot of people don't know what they're missing. The purse is huge. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a huge purse. You know, it's up there with, like, any other. I mean, I think it pays more than the Valspar. Uh, it pays maybe a little bit under than the players. But it, it's pretty up there, and so... One thing I haven't been happy with is like the no-name guys that have been winning these courses, you know, have been winning these tournaments. You had Andrew Landry, and and he, you know, he was a really nice guy. Like he was dead set. I talked to him, and I'm gonna put those clips on this podcast that he was dead set on getting back into the game. And you know what? He missed the cut. Yeah, I know. He's like he's like he was dead set on keeping those boots. Yeah, uh, a lot of the winners are kind of anonymous. Yeah, you know. Brendan Steele that one year. Yeah, you know, but he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they're all nice guys. But <laughs> hey, he's got it's his not own, Rory. He's got he's got his own parking spot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I'll say this. Well, how come his car yes. is his car is not here? Yeah, yeah. Where is he? And you know, he was a nice guy. I think because my first year, uh, we were in the 18th. Uh, we were in the 18th. One of the 18 T box, uh, like hospitality suites. He was in there eating with, I think, like one of the general managers of the course or something like that. And I really didn't know who he was, you know, but I just saw a lot of people go up to him, ask him for autograph. He had the polo with like a good amount of sponsors on his shirt. So I went up there, gave him my hat. He autographed it. And I said, oh, you're going to be one of my favorite golfers forever. <laughs> That's who you are. Yeah, he was, he was super, super cool guy. All right. Now, um. The winner of this game, the winner of this tournament, they were able to get that automatic bid to the Masters. So Corey Connor being a Monday qualifier, and like that's the first time we were talking about it before, the first time like in six years, or I'm sorry, since, first time since 86 that somebody has Monday qualified and went on to win that tournament. How hard do you think that was? It's got to be ridiculous. Like, so the, the, that means he doesn't have like full-time status as it is, right? Yeah. So he's probably like a web.com guy. Yeah, yeah, and so it's he, just like this is your one chance. Don't well, so you know it. what he get, he he gets like a two year exemption now. Yeah, just, now he's, just, yeah, yeah, now he does. But before that, it's you know, in a million dollars. I mean, like I'm a million dollar purse. I mean, it's just. Oh, I'm sure he was just hoping to make the cut. To yeah, make did some you, money. And did you see? Did you see the reactions from his wife after? Like, oh, yeah, she knew what happened. Oh yeah, she was in the night. She's a good looking lady. Mm -hmm. I saw her. I was like, hey, 
Well done, Corey. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, you know, I, mean, I guess there's not, you know, there's there's a lot of good looking Canadian women out there, and so I saw her. They said she was drinking her Chardonnay. You know, she was feeling good, and so I'm sure Corey was feeling pretty good later. Oh, I'm sure. I was kind of. It was pretty surprising though that he recovered from the end of that front nine. After he pokey nine, I was like, all right, this guy's toast. Yeah, I said, you know what? I said one of the big names. I said I thought Kim would would finish strong. Oh, yeah, or Charlie. Yeah, just... yeah, and then or Charlie Charlie Hoffman. I thought some one of those guys. You know what? Hey, so hopefully some of the cream will rise to the top. But you know what? This guy, like, he like he was he was throwing darts. Yeah. He was throwing darts, and I mean he he shot minus twenty. This was he broke the course record for the Valero Open since it was held at TPC. And that's a freaking high score. And I was just looking at that. I said, I don't remember hearing anybody. I think Landry won last year with like at a minus 10. Or I think that's when Walker won at like minus 12. And so yeah. I said, yeah. And I was looking it up. And so, hey, that was a pretty good score. I'm sure all the rain helps. So they were able to go at it. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, there was no roll in that course. You know, yeah, they were, they were just throwing dart. I mean, but hey, Connors was more on fire than speed. So huh? some, some people are giving Connors a little long shot he's even on the board for the odds for this week yeah yeah i don't know no i, no, I, think, I, I think the magic's over but i i truly believe so hell of a two weeks for him okay now at the masters so defending defending champ patrick reed did you, by chance did you see his menu that he had i saw a little bit okay so he has a like a prime rib awesome and like in very small print it says fish available yeah it's like a salmon yeah, or yeah. something yeah, yeah some something very a little halibut you know something yeah. maybe you know, so some maybe some tilapia, something, and it's, he's got cream corn, cream spinach, he's got a Caesar salad, he's a wedge salad, yeah. you know, mac and cheese. You give whatever they want. And yeah, you know, and so yeah, the mac and cheese. I saw. I was like, what? I, I was like, they said it was very southern. And some guys even on other podcasts, they were like talking shit about it. I said, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, dude, this that's like a great fucking meal. Yeah. I was like, that's like something I would eat. Like that's just yeah. The, like, we would just have brisket instead of the prime rib. That, that's, that's the rest. You know what? That's what I was hoping you'd say. Like, something like, you know, beef ribs or, yeah. you know, you know, beans or baked beans, something. You know, cornbread, something. You know, but I, 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 like, the, I like the menu. You know, it's, it's pretty good. All right. So, uh, who's your favorite for the Masters? Um, I mean, I guess it's pretty boring to say the number one player in the world. But I don't, for some reason, I still think Justin Rose always comes in under the radar. And uh, I don't. I just. I feel like this is his year. He's been. The guy's been rolling for a while. Yeah, he's been hot, and he always plays pretty tough. Uh, you know, favorites are like DJ up there, and so I'd have to say my favorite is Rory. Uh, you know, I'm just. I'm a sucker for Nike guys. Tiger's my favorite guy. Uh, if every. If anybody listens to this podcast, they know Tiger's my man. Uh, but I just. I'm thinking. You know, the big. The big story is going to be Rory getting the Grand Slam. Yeah, and right I mean, now, I think he's just. I think his golf game is just solid right now. Uh, he's been on fire all year. Yeah, I, I think so, and I, I think he's really going to show it. I think he kind of wants a little bit of redemption uh, just to kind of show people that he can play in that Sunday group, that Sunday pairing, and I think he's going to take care of business. Who would you say is your sleeper for the Masters? Um, I'm always a sucker for Louis Oosthuizen in the majors. Uh, that guy, his swing just – it's it's amazing. I, I can never. I can watch that guy swing all day. He just. He just looks funny. He just looks yeah. like a funny guy. He looks like one of those guys that you'd see in one of the British pubs, you know, like yes. sitting at the corner, maybe trying to pick up some forty-year-old chicks or you know some cougars, some milfs, you know. Yeah, that's that's not a bad description. But yeah, with the, with the collar with the collar pop, maybe a little sweater around him, you mm -hmm. know. I just. He, but you know what? You're right. He's got a, he's got a real smooth swing, smooth game. Um, 
Now, who would you say is maybe a big name that might be off the radar that you could see winning this tournament? Um... And I think we talked about it. He's a little, he's a little, he's a little Italian race car driver, and he's a little Italian waiter. Yeah, yeah I can see Francesco. Yeah, uh, I mean, the guy he's been solid for the last year and a half. Maybe Fleetwood. I don't know how far off the radar he is, the radar. But uh, you know what? I think I think Molinari. I think he's just kind of like a lot of people say he's like a silent assassin. You know, yeah. he's just you know you don't think he's gonna play big. You don't think he's gonna come up. But next thing you know, boom, he's on the leaderboard. Next thing you know, he's in the top five. Next thing you know, he's winning tournaments. You know, I think he just he's, he seems super cold blooded. I was watching him out there at the WGC. I'm surprised Kizzy was Kizzy. able was able to, to beat him, but I think Kisner too. Hey, there there's a sleeper right there in Kisner. Could be. I don't know if he's long enough, but the dude yeah, can play. you know, because you know what, the guys, the long hitters, are the ones, the DJs, the Rorys, uh, the Speeds, you know, Ricky, those guys can overpower. Right. They can overpower Augusta. But you know what? Uh, I'd have to say, you know, I, I love Rory. He is my favorite. And I say my I say my sleeper is Kiz. I like I like a kid like Abraham Anser. Uh Abraham Anser, you know, he's a San Antonio guy, he's local. I think he's one of those next guys that to kind of, you know, hit the scene on the PGA because you know what? Uh he seems super friendly. He's kinda like a Ricky Fowler type because Ricky Fowler, you know, a lot of people compare him to Arnold, you know, because mm-hmm. he just he's like a huge ambassador for the game. And uh, Abram Manser, like I saw him in, in Austin, I saw him in San Antonio, and like people, people love the guy. They like they do. They love him. They follow him. And I don't know if it's just the Mexican people, the Hispanic people following him, you know. But uh, he's got a nice game too. And being a, he's a little, he's a little dude. Mm-hmm. He's got a real nice game. And uh, I was really pulling for him and po- against Poulter at the WGC. But uh, you know, he didn't lose too bad. But hey, but Poulter in match play is a tough guy. Yep. All right, so tell me a little bit. How were you able to get into the Nola Austin League? I was through Alamo City Golf Trail people, like just guys I did tournaments there with for a while. They're like, "Hey, come out and play with us on Sunday." I'm like, all right. So I went out there, uh, and then kept going every week afterwards. Yeah, because I've heard story after story about you taking a lot of people's money and <laughs> you know uh, feeding yourself well off these tournaments, <laughs> off these bets. I've had some good days. Not every time, though. They've, they've got some of mine, too, but I've had some good days out there. Russ and I have won a couple times, so that was a lot of fun. Dude, I can't... You know what? I can't stand Russ, but he seems like such a good guy, but he's such a good golfer. And, like, honestly, like, like he, his game is so smooth. Like, he's such a smooth hitter. It's a good partner to have. Oh, man. In a best ball. He's such a... He's, you know what? Like, he's, he's really my motivation. Like, I want to beat him. Because every time I had a good shot there at Riverside he he matched it and it was just like easy like I made like I'd say like I think like a 20 footer just to make par and he's got like just a little tap in for birdie and he'd miss it and then you know I'm like dude like this guy is like you know he's not lifting a finger you know he's not doing hardly anything just to have birdie putts and I'm I'm over here grinding I'm scraping away you know I'm out of the woods just just trying to like save par save bogey you know but his game like I had to pay him the most money, so like my motivation is I don't want to pay these guys shit anymore. There you go. Like I didn't like it. Don't worry, he pays me. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Are you? I mean, so you're that good? I've never. I only played with you once that one that long was, time ago. We were that was, yeah, that course yeah. doesn't even exist yeah, anymore. <laughs> Wood Lake, it doesn't exist. Now, I'll be out there again soon, so we'll, you'll you'll see him. All right, man. Okay, hey, appreciate having you on the podcast. Is there anything you wanted to ask me? I'm what, always ready. What's your favorite course you've played? Uh, I don't know. I don't. You know, I, that's why I ask these questions because I don't know the answer. Well, I'd have to say, 
favorite course that I played uh, here in town, I really have to say Silverhorn. We played Silverhorn a lot, but I think it was just, uh, you know, it's kind of the the way it, it all started. Like, like you could pay like, at certain times you could pay like thirty two bucks. You got like a you got a voucher for for a, for a meal for like a burger or a sandwich and like two beer tickets. And I really like that. I mean, just like you know, being a budget golfer, hey. You go buy, play around eighteen and a cart, oh, yeah. and it's like thirty two, thirty six bucks. Oh, yeah. Somebody gives you a sandwich or a hot dog and chips and like two beer tickets. You're like, dude, oh, yeah. that's yeah, freaking gold. And then sometimes I would save those beer tickets for like the next time. I remember I did that. I saved like I'd say about eight beer tickets. And I said, man, I'm gonna redeem them all today. I'm gonna have a couple, you know, at the turn and then afterwards. Well, then you know what happened? They did away with those beer tickets. Mm-hmm. I was freaking like had them in my hand, and I was just. They're not good no just more. Just devastated. <laughs> no, I was crushed. Um, but I have to say that, that that's probably like my favorite favorite course. And just uh, the they do a, that's where the school that's where my school has uh, their golf tournaments at. And uh, this past year we actually we actually took it. We took it. I think I think we took it with like a I think a minus seven or minus six. Uh-huh. Like they had hey it was you know a good old Catholic good old Catholic school you know and a lot of guys I guess we're being honest. I mean, yes, our pencil had an eraser on it, but uh, <laughs> um, we were actually playing pretty decent. Like, we had several guys, a couple of guys in our group. They were they made a couple of putts for eagle, and if you can eagle, you know, some of those par fives. And I think one of our one of my buddies, like, he caught a hold of one. He he uh, he eagled a par four. He drove a par four. Had like a twenty something footer for like eagled it. And so, I I have to say probably say Silverhorn. You know, I just really. I love every course, you know, because just uh, somebody asked me. I played in a golf. I played in a golf outing with some of the uh, a wounded warrior organization. They're called war. They're called Military Warrior Support Foundation, and I made. I played with one of their local reps. His name is Dave. Dude, he was like freaking badass guy, awesome guy. I met him there. Met him there at a practice round. And he's like, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow?" Uh, I'm working. You know, I don't know why. What, why what's going on he said do you play golf and i said yeah i run a golf website golf podcast of course i play golf well come out and play with us meet some of the guys all their guys were badass like they were real cool dudes well i got to really know these guys and i had a freaking blast and that's a way that some of these guys kind of cope with some of the things mm-hmm. that they're dealing with when they come back from war and stuff and uh he asked me like on hole two there in the canyons course there at tpc he asked me why did you start this podcast i said because my dad like like that's this is like the one thing my dad and I we talk golf all the time. We talk like whenever I go back home to Corpus, like I'll play like two or three rounds with him like in a row. Like hey, we just played eighteen. We'd have a couple of beers. Hey, you want to want to do this again? You want to go back out there? And so like it's just kind of like my way to stay connected to my dad. Well, hey man, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm gonna put this straight up. I'm not gonna edit it. Nothing. I think I'm just gonna drop in several of the interviews that I had from Valero, and I'm gonna put it up there, man. I just I said I gotta put content out there while it's still fresh, while the Masters hasn't started yet. I gotta put this Valero stuff on there. I got some interviews with Abram Anser, Tony Finau. Uh, I got Andrew Landry, Hunter Mahan, cool guy, and uh, Morgan Hoffman. I, I I had a brief interview with Morgan Hoffman. Uh, he's got an awesome story. You need to check it out on the No Laying Up podcast. Uh, awesome story. He was a really nice guy. He was really. He was happy I knew his name and knew his story. He's got a really good story about taking oh, money right. off MJ. So yeah. it was really good. All right. Well, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. 
All right, guys, I want to play the clips that I got from the Valero Open. These guys were super welcoming, super inviting. I was super nervous, though, to have the balls to get up there to go talk to them because they're in the midst of many media members, golf channels out there, NBC, Sky Sports, Golf Digest, and you know what? It's just me. Little old me, little OB, nothing is OB golf podcast. But these guys are really cool. You're going to hear about from Tony Finau. You're going to hear from Abraham Anser, Morgan Hoffman, uh, defending champ, uh, no more though, Andrew Landry. And you're also, uh, I wish I had the clip of Hunter Mahan, but I accidentally erased it. Oh, I'm so pissed off because he was so freaking cool. All right, guys, here are the clips from the Valero Open 2019. Have a couple quick words with you? Yeah, sure. How you doing? Andy Good. Torres, Nothing Is OB Golf Podcast. <laughs> I was asking for you, man. Hey, how did it go out there today? Uh, man, it was a bit of a struggle. I couldn't, didn't do a great job keeping the ball in play, so I was scrambling quite often. But uh, it wasn't terrible considering how I drove the ball, so I was happy to... Happy to not shoot over. Well, we're glad to have you out here because uh, I know you were able, you had to miss uh, last year, so we're real glad to have you out here. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to be back. Thanks. Um, how's Gib doing? He's doing good. Better. Good. I'm glad to hear that, man. Followed you. Followed you in the big break. Um, feeling Thanks. healthy. Feeling healthy for Masters. Yeah, I feel good. No ankle problems. No That's what I like to hear. Thanks. All right, uh, listeners want to know favorite golf movie. Your golf movie, Happy Gilmore, no doubt. <laughs> All right, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. All right, good luck the rest of the way, right? Thanks, Thank you. Thanks. All right, as you heard, that was Tony Finau. Now you're going to hear from the former 2018 VTO defending champ, Andrew Landry. How you doing? Uh, Andy Torres, Nothing Is OB Golf Podcast here in town. Yep. Um, hey, how did it go out there today? Uh, it went all right. Uh, hit the ball really well, just didn't putt the way that I wanted, so uh, I'm about to go work on it a little bit and try to get my uh, speed and lines matched up and um, see what happens tomorrow. All right, what do you think is going to be the winning score this weekend? Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to stick around probably 18 under, kind of how it was previous years, but um, we'll see. I think it, I think it could be playing um, a little bit firmer as the week goes on, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how when the, the heat comes in, how this overseed's going to do. I'm sure the, the greens are already firm, so um, especially with long irons and downwind shots, so um, we'll see. It's going to firm up a lot more than, than what it uh, is playing right now. Well, what's your favorite golf movie? Ooh, probably um, Ten Cup. It's got to be Ten Cup. All right, that's what I'd like to hear. Yeah. Well, hey, we're pulling for you. Thanks, Those boots look it. good on you, all right? It was unfortunate uh, how Landry played the rest of the way. He ended up missing the cut. Uh, didn't make it past Friday. But coming up next, I have a clip from Morgan Hoffman, and then it's going to finish up with Abraham Anser. Good, good. I can have a few words with you? Man, I heard your story the other day on, uh, I think it was the No Laying Up podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hey, awesome stories, man. I heard some real awesome stories. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, I feel good. Um, you know, game's coming around, kind of relearning it as we go, and um, body feels good, so just pumped to be um, here on the weekend. Yeah, man, we're real glad to have you. All right, so would you say that you've taken most of Jordan's money when you've played against him? MJ? Yeah, yeah I've never lost to him, so that's... That's a good thing, at least. All right, how did it go out there today? Uh, hit it better, just didn't putt really well. Um, shot even, so got to get a better one tomorrow. Okay, hey, glad to have you. Thanks, hey, man. thanks, man. Hey, good luck out there, man. All right. Andrew Torres, Nothing is OB Golf Podcast. I saw you uh, play last week at, uh, at Dell. 
Uh, yeah. What do you think the difference is from playing over there at Austin Country Club to your home course here at J-Dub? Uh, totally different golf courses. They're both great in their own ways, I think. Uh, over there is obviously match play, which is a different animal. You're not you're not playing against the, the feeler, even the courts. You're just playing against the guy right next to you, which is a totally different mindset. But uh, I truly enjoy both of them. Uh, it's always nice to play in front of my friends and family here. and a lot of, Oh, yeah, you got a big following out here. A lot of, a lot of local guys here uh, rooting me on, which is always great. Uh, but, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun these past two weeks. So how did it go out there today? Um, I was talking to a couple of people, said uh, just it seemed like you were just off slightly a bit today. But yeah, I mean, I played good enough to shoot a good number. Uh, I just didn't make – I didn't give myself very good looks. I was pretty far away from the hole. I didn't quite strike it well from the fairway, but that's kind of how it goes sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I feel good. I'm ready for tomorrow. A big one tomorrow will get me up there in the – I can move a ton on, on the leaderboard, so we're well, still positive. I know you got one in you tomorrow, and we're all pulling for you. All right, all right thank, thank you for your time. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah, you got it. At this point, right before the Masters, I am super golfed out. Covering a bit of the WGC in Austin at the Austin Country Club was super amazing. I had never seen Tiger live in person, and it was great to see him. I kept telling everybody, man, Tiger's a beautiful man. <laughs> he seems pretty perfect. He's got really skinny legs, though, because he was wearing shorts for the practice round. He's got really skinny legs. It was super awesome to see him right there in 12, right in front of me. He had to take a lateral drop, and it actually improved uh, his lie, and he was able at least to get right towards the front of the green. It was super awesome. It got packed right where I was at, right there to the left of the fairway, right by, there was a cart path uh, entry right there, and then right by the Michelob tents. I really enjoyed seeing him. You know, at least that's one thing I can say. I marked off my bucket list. Had a really great time out there in Austin. I spent the day with my old school buddy, Gabe, and his brother, Andy, Super cool. They were just down for whatever. They wanted to see all these groups. Uh, kind of showed off a little bit because I was able to get into the practice area and then an area where only media could get to. Uh, I had a great time with those guys. They were really cool. They love the game. I'm looking forward to playing with them in Corpus, uh, getting a round in. Like I said earlier, I know it's been a while, but please subscribe to the podcast. Hit me up on Facebook. Uh, it's Andy Torres on Facebook. Or you can hit me up on Instagram. It's nothing ob golf on Instagram for the golf podcast. Or on Instagram, I am Rowdy Torres as well. That's Rowdy Torres. If anybody needs some clarification, all right. Also, I'm on Twitter. Nothing is ob. All right. Hey, like my page. Become part of the group. Help me grow this podcast. Anything you want to hear, hit me up. Let me know. We would love to hear what you want to hear guys uh we want to talk we want to discuss things that are important to you remember in the game of life nothing is ob